0: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there in Cougar Nation. A packed show ahead, folks. We are getting ready for BYU in Arizona. What did we learn from BYU football availability yesterday? Well, besides seeing the first depth chart of the year, we'll dig into all of that. We will also let you hear part one of a conversation with Mike Luke, host of Locked On Wildcats, covering the Arizona Wildcats. Had a great opportunity to speak with him about the new era of Wildcat football under Jed Fish. We'll get to that. We'll also look back in the BYU football history books at 2018 as our 100 Seasons of BYU Football Countdown nears its end and of course catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news including women's soccer in action in SEC country last night. A reminder for you guys is that we have five power five conference shows that are available every single day covering college football at large. Whether you have an interest in the ACC, the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12 or the Pac-12 just search out each one of those conference shows and download it wherever you get podcasts just like this one. All right, let's waste no more time and dive in on a Tuesday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 31st, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you once again for spending some time with us here talking BYU sports. A quick reminder to make sure you hit that follow button if you're just tuning in for the first time and join us every single day to keep you apprised of everything going on in BYU sports news. But in addition to that, want to kind of give you guys a little bit of a heads up, an early heads up, of a new, uh, I guess what we'll say a publishing pattern we're going to try beginning this coming weekend. What we're going to try and do is I typically, on game weekends, I will obviously cover the game live. I'll usually do a reaction show the night of the game, but I usually go back and watch the game the very next day, so meaning Sunday most of the time. And I'm actually going to record my Monday, what would be my Monday edition of the podcast and release it on Sunday. Then we'll release what would be the Tuesday podcast on Monday afternoon after BYU's media availability. So essentially, we're going to go Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. Hopefully you guys will stick with us. We'll see how it goes. If our download numbers get all kind of wacky, we'll go back probably to more of our traditional publishing format but something i wanted to try out and we'll give it a shot beginning this weekend so an early heads up on that all right now on to actual news involving the cougars and let's start off the first depth chart of the year is here folks Ooh, what did we learn well we have co-starters at running back between tyler algier and lopini katoa and as we learned yesterday from tyler algier the backup to those two speaking of him and katoa it's a battle between hinkley Ropati and jackson mcchesney now Kalani Sitake and Tyler Algier wanted nothing to do with this question, but I can tell you this much. Miles Davis has a lower leg injury, a foot injury to be exact, that is going to keep him out at least till October based on what I am hearing. Who knows if he heals faster or it takes longer to get back from that foot injury, but do not expect to see him back until probably around midseason is based on what I am hearing. Other notes from the depth chart reveal include Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker being the one 2 at tight end. Some interesting notes there that Dallin Holker comes home right off a mission and he's immediately the number two guy at tight end, but he's such a versatile athlete, it doesn't surprise me in the least. I am a little bit surprised that Puka and Samson Nakua are listed as co-starters at wide receiver, and that's for one reason and one reason only, but Kalani Satake when speaking to the media yesterday was asked the question, is everybody on this depth chart expected to play against Arizona? And here's what he had to say in that regard.
1: Well, everybody on our depth chart is cleared, ready to play.
0: We're dealing with academics or injury. That's part of college football. That's part of, of getting a depth chart ready and getting a program ready. And you know, we, we've been pretty fortunate with only um, one setback in, as far as a season-ending injury this fall camp. And so we've got guys get banged up because we run a physical program with a lot of 11-on-11 football. And so we're going to have some guys that are banged up. And, but everybody on that depth chart is expected to participate and to contribute to the game. Now, getting back to my original point, based on what I am hearing, Kukunakua's injury that he picked up last week in practice was initially feared to be pretty serious. After further examination and him resting it a couple of days, it sounds like it's not as seriously as originally thought after undergoing MRI and all that stuff. I do not expect him to play against Arizona. I do expect him, though, however, to be ready for Utah. I think they will give him the week off. Kalani Sitake, he can say what he wants to say, but I've got people inside the program that feed me information, as many of you longtime listeners are well aware of. I'll be catching up with them with some of them later on this week, and I'll, of course, have more for you guys later in the week with regards to how things look health-wise for BYU. Now, a couple of the notes in terms of BYU, and we learned from the depth chart reveal, I really feel like this is actually a really nice thing that BYU didn't list a lot of oars. There's not a lot of co-starters of positions. They just went, you know, one, two, three. And that's appreciated on the media side of things, and I think by fans as well. For example, defensive end, Tyler Batty's listed as your starting defensive end. At strong end, Lorenzo Fawate and Gabe Summers are your starting uh, st- starter in terms of Lorenzo, and then Gabe Summers the number two. I like the delineation of one, two, three, and that is a good thing if you're BYU. And if you're a BYU fan, by and large, because you really can say, okay, here's the starters, here's who's the backups, and then you can kind of adjust your expectations accordingly. Now, an interesting thing, uh, there were some rumors out there that Chaz Ayu might not be available against Arizona. I'm hearing that whatever was holding him back has been cleared up. He is available to play. And as Ed Lamb said on Coordinator's Corner yesterday on BYU TV, he said that Chaz Ayu and Malik Moore will be the starting safety tandem, and the depth chart reflects that. So that's kind of what I took away from the depth chart. As I mentioned later on in the week, I'll have more for you guys in terms of what I expect health wise for BYU guys who I expect to play, guys who expect to be out, all of that. We'll pass that along to you guys later on in the week once I have a chance to catch up with people inside the program. Now, a couple of notes from player interviews yesterday. An interesting note from Tyler Algier. He evaluated his play last year, and it kind of surprised me. Have a listen. I had an okay, I would say okay season last year, but um, I just want to do everything better, passing, blocking, running the ball, everything, just just 2.0 that, so should be fun. Folks, if you consider a 1,130-yard 1, season with 13 touchdowns, including 174 yards receiving, as an okay season, well, Tyler Algier is your guy. And he may be being a little facetious with that, but I truly believe that he expects to improve on what he did a year ago, and if that's the case... BYU has an absolute stud on their hands in terms of a bell cow running back who can do it all. I have heard that Tyler Algier can run something around the low 4.5s to high 4.4s in the 40, and when you stand 5'11 and weigh 220 pounds, that is a human battering ram, and BYU is going to utilize him to a large degree. I think that early in the season, you'll see a heavy dose of Tyler Algier. Obviously, he'll be spelled by Lopini Katoa, who is more than effective in his role. He averages 5 yards per carry, folks. Lopini Katoa is not just a, a, a waste of space. He's a really, really good running back. One of the guys who's perennially, perennially overlooked, and I feel like he's got something to prove as well this year for BYU, but nice one-two tandem at running back. And Like I said, if an okay season is a 1,100-yard season, well, what's a great season for Tyler Algier? We're about to find out, maybe. One other note for you guys uh, coming from player interviews yesterday was a question that was posed to Uriah Leatawa. This defensive line has been much maligned in terms of just the overall lack of star power because they graduated most of their starters for the majority of the past two seasons last year. it has been a lot of turnover on the defense, particularly in the trenches. Well, Uriah Etawa, he and the defensive line have kind of noticed what people have been saying about them. Here you go. We're excited to show people what we got, man. It's gonna be dope. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Our our defensive line is super excited. You know, we're not. We're not. We're not like you know, homage people. We we read the internet and stuff sometimes. Our D line gets really insulted by some of this stuff, bro. Like, I think all of us are just itching to get at it, bro. And so, um, we're ready. <laughs> they see what you're posting, folks. These players are more. I guess what would say social media literate than I even am. And I feel like I'm fairly literate in terms of using social media. They are hyper vigilant and they see what people say and what they're posting and all that stuff. And I think that this defensive line, they've got a lot to prove, but they've got a lot of talent. It just needs to go out there and show what it can do. And hopefully they'll get off to a good start against Arizona this weekend. But it's kind of a fun quote from your ILA towel, because you can tell he is motivated, but he's also a very playful interview at the same time. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we will talk a little bit more about BYU football history. We are nearing the end. We are three years away from wrapping up a young, a, what it feels like, a year long endeavor to chronicle all 100 seasons that BYU football has played to this point. We'll talk about 2018 in just a second. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. guys. There are a few things in life that are just not fun to talk about and sweating profusely is one of them. Let's be clear about that you know when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's absolutely embarrassing we've all been there no matter what it is an important speech, a huge interview or a first date it just it's as embarrassing as anything out there guys. I want to encourage you guys to check out what our friends at Sweatblock are offering you guys their antiperspirant wipes their prescription strength and the best part is it lasts up to seven days keeping you dry, comfortable. Calm, cool, and collected, as they like to say, guys. You can give it a shot. I have given it a shot, and I can attest. It lasts multiple days in a row. It's really, really simple. It's stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before you go to bed, go to sleep. The next morning, you wake up get your shower in, and go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed. They have a dry shirt guarantee where if you does not keep you dry, you get your money back from our friends at sweatblock guys. Best seller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Speaking of this company, over 13,000 Amazon reviews. It's manufactured right here at home in the USA. So give it a shot. Go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code On to get 20% off. You're also going to order it at Amazon or get it at your local CVS on the shelves there. But if you want to get 20% off, Sweplock.com, promo code LOCKED ON. Today's podcast is brought to you by RockAuto.com. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, we all know it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store or dealership to stock all of the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You've got a computer with access to RockAuto.com, you even have a phone that can access the internet. You can do it really simply by going to rockauto.com and seeing all the parts available for your car or truck at any time. The best part about Rock Auto, my friends, save time and save money. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% markup for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and by the way, have it shipped directly to your door. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find all of the solutions to your auto part needs. They've got everything you could ever need, uh, whether it's carpet, a new carburetor, does carburetor even exist anymore, a new engine, it, to things just as simply as a blinker light, windshield fluid, all, all windshield wiper fluid, all that stuff. It's all available at rockauto.com. Go to the website now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Please write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. You could do locked on Cougars if you want to be more specific, but check it out, guys. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's rockauto.com. It's been a long summer, folks, I'll be honest with you guys, but this 100 seasons of BYU football countdown we've been doing since, I think we started in April, if I recall correctly. I don't want to go back and look because it'll just kind of tell me how much time has elapsed since we've been looking back at these 100 seasons of BYU football, but it's coming to an end, folks, and I'm going to miss it, plain and simple. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk about the season after year after year, starting in 1896, and today we're talking about 2018. We have spanned over a century's worth of football for BYU, obviously, with a 20-year gap in the early 20th century in there. But nonetheless, 2018 dawned, and BYU, as we mentioned yesterday, was coming off just an absolute debacle of a 4-9 and season, going back to December of 2017 for a moment, The announcement came that Jeff Grimes had been hired as BYU's new offensive coordinator. Alongside him were passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick, wide receivers coach Fessy Satake, tight ends coach Steve Clark, and then later on AJ Middleton was hired as BYU's uh, running backs coach in the 2018, right before spring ball. Oh, and I missed, sorry, Ryan Pugh also coming in as the offensive line coach. They comprise the new brain trust of BYU football, and I can tell you this much. Ty Detmer, he was a forced hire, and okay, forced probably sounds the wrong way, but he was hired at the same time as Kalani Sitake, and was essentially uh, told that you and Kalani are going to have to work things out, you're going to work together. Kalani was not allowed to make the hire of his offensive coordinator when he took over at BYU, and it was an absolutely huge mistake on BYU's administration's part. Now... When the decision was made to let Ty Detmer go, the decision to hire Jeff Grimes as offensive coordinator was solely Kalani Sitakes because a very high-ranking member of BYU's athletic department told David James, Patrick Kinahan, and myself as we were walking out of the introductory press conference for Jeff Grimes on a pretty cool morning down there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium that this is Kalani's hire. And we said, okay, great. And he said, no. This is Kalani's hire, just making it very, very clear that this was Kalani's decision and he was going to sink or swim based on this hire. Well, I think we all know in the three seasons that Jeff Grimes is at the helm of the BYU offense, along with the other guys on his offensive staff. Well, things got pretty good for BYU, wrapping up in 2020, and now Jeff Grimes coaching at Baylor. But 2018 dawned, and Jeff Grimes came in promising an offense that was going to be A hard-nosed offense, an offense that was going to absolutely grind opponents down, and he had a quarterback decision to make. He had the incumbent Tanner Mangum coming back, looking to really make good about a 2017 season that had not gone the way BYU fans expected. They also, late in the recruiting process, flipped a kid from Corner Canyon High School by the name of Zach Wilson, who had been committed to Boise State, also had some late interest from schools like Iowa State and the Power Five, but decided, you know what? I'm a legacy Ute prospect. The University of Utah did not extend an offer to. You know what? I'll go to Provo and I'll play football there. Well, we all know how fortuitous that decision ended up being. But the season started with Tanner Mangum under center for BYU at Arizona. Well, funny enough, we were talking about BYU and Arizona kicking off the season for the third time in six years. Of Kalani Satake's tenure. But BYU went to Tucson. This was actually the one of the three games in this series that was played at a home venue, it was played in Tucson. And BYU bottled up Khalil Tate, who is considered to be a dark horse Heisman candidate with an absolutely ingenious spy defense with Corbin Kafusi, all six foot nine out of him, uh spying on Tate most of the game. It's a brilliant, brilliant move. And BYU beats Arizona 28 to 23 things seem to be off to a pretty decent start. They're 1-0 to start the year. The following week, BYU's offense sputtered to a degree as they lost to Cal 21-18 in Provo. Obviously, BYU fans very bitter considering they had, had a really, really rough season the year previous. And I to—I I remember this because I was working at the Zone Sports Network, our studios up there at Vivend Arena, the day that BYU went to go face off against Wisconsin on September 15th, 2018 there was not a lot of hope for BYU for being honest with ourselves the Badgers ranked number six in the country at that point, just seemingly had everything rolling. But BYU went in with an absolutely genius game plan. It was all predicated on ball control and striking when they had an opportunity to do so. And that's what they did. They used a really, really potent ground game, Squally Canada leading the way. He ended up with two touchdowns in this game. And then BYU late in the game uh, had it tied 21-21 when Taiwan Deal scored a touchdown. Then Skylar Southam, oh well, excuse me, Skyler Southam kicks a field goal to give BYU the 24-21 lead. And then late in the game, Wisconsin, they had a great kicker. I'm pulling up his name here. I probably should have had this ahead of time. Uh, It was Rafael Gaglione. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Well, he had an opportunity to make a kick that would have tied the game, sent it to overtime, and he misses it. Giving BYU the stunning upset of number six, Wisconsin. Absolutely insane win and i can remember i was sitting there in the vivian arena studios doing the post game show and just marveling at what i had just observed cuz byu was thought to be dead in the water heading to wisconsin and stunningly enough they're off to a 2 and 1 start the following week they take on mcneese state win that game 30 to 3 and suddenly the cougars are 3 and 1 And then they get punched back down to reality a little bit in a road game at Washington. The Huskies, very, very good in their own right, humbled BYU 35-7. Then they lost for the second straight year to Utah State 45-20. A stunning loss and obviously a losing streak to the neighbors up in Logan. Not going to sit well with BYU fans. So halfway through the season, BYU sits at 3-3, And this is when a quarterback change occurred as BYU decided to go with the freshman, the plucky young freshman, Zach Wilson, against the University of Hawaii. Hawaii obviously very much in rebuild mode under Nick Rolovich as they came to Provo. But Zach Wilson got his first career start against the Rainbow Warriors and showed pretty well. Ended up with 194 yards, 16 completions on 24 attempts, three touchdowns against one interception. But BYU, more importantly, ran all over the Rainbow Warriors, 297 yards total as a team, just roughing up Hawaii and getting to 4-3 on the year. The following week, the offense sputtered once again. Northern Illinois came to Provo and got away with a 7-6 victory. I don't want to talk much about this game because it was just that bad, but nonetheless, BYU struggled there. They did get some revenge against UMass the following week, winning 35-16, then beating New Mexico State, 45-10. Things seem to be going all right. And then the regular season finale at Utah comes, and BYU loses another close game at 35-27 to the Utes, dropping their overall record on the season to a healthy 6-6, an improvement over 2017, no doubt, but obviously not what BYU fans are used to, but it still garnered them an invite to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, where they would face Western Michigan on December 21st, 2018. This is the perfect passing game for Zach Wilson that I think actually plagued him going into the 2019 season, which we will discuss tomorrow and we'll dig more into this. But Zach Wilson had an absolutely stellar day for BYU, going a perfect 18 of 18 on the game, 317 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. BYU as a team rushed for 187 yards. Riley Bird had his finest outing as a Cougar with 113 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Bracken Elbakry had the other touchdown on the ground for BYU. And, oh, I forgot, it. Diane angon also in that scrum package, had the third touchdown on the ground. Zach Wilson, for his efforts, also added 51 yards on the ground rushing. And BYU finishes the year 7-6 with a winning record. Obviously, to bounce back from 4-9 to 7-6 was acceptable, and I think there was some hope that Zach Wilson and the Cougars would go into 2019 with a lot more substance behind them, and we'll, and we'll discuss, excuse me, what happened during 2019 and well no know kind of what happened, but nonetheless, we'll dig into that on tomorrow's podcast. But folks, two years away from this countdown being done. And I, like I said, I'm going to miss this. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. It really has been a labor of love studying up on this, reading about it every day and being ready to talk about it. And I got to say, folks, I missed last week on 2016. I missed a day on it. I'm stunned that I made it 90 plus episodes without skipping a day and completely forgetting about it. But Hey, I made it that far, and I forgot one. I'm not going to forget any more because we got to finish it up this week. But nonetheless, a big thank you for your support on this venture. Coming up in a moment, though, we'll catch you guys up on everything else involving BYU sports, in addition to part one of a conversation with Mike Luke. He's host of Locked On Wildcats, covering Arizona football and basketball down there in Tucson. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. Of course, as you all know, it's this time of year. Football is here. And Bet Online is the best place to cast your bets no matter what your interest is, even if it's not football. If it's NBA, Major League Baseball, horse racing, you like Vegas uh, table games, they're all online. It's all available to you guys at Bet Online. They also have uh, some great contests. They have the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 NFL survivor contest, which are both open now at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. You heard that right, a 100% welcome bonus using the promo code Locked On when you get to BetOnline.ag. Also, make sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener in the NFL between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So take advantage of it now, guys. It's promo code LOCKED ON for that 100% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of our friends at Bet Online, as they are your online sports book experts. One more time out on today's show to talk about a company that's near and dear to my heart, and that is our friends over at Elevate Fitness. I got, I've got, i gotten to know Rich Hart and his team over at Elevate Fitness over the past six months or so, and I feel like they are family to me. And why do I feel like that? Well, I can tell you this much. I have lost 40 pounds of fat, folks, but more importantly, I'm as healthy as I have been in more than a decade. I can tell you that much, and it's all due to what Rich and his team at Elevate Fitness have taught me. It's all due to what you call insulin resistance. This is what you will learn about when you go to insuliniq.com/elevate to check out what they are offering. As I mentioned, folks. I have gotten healthier than I have been in more than a decade. The goal is to be as healthy as I ever have been in my entire life. And I was in pretty good shape when I played high school football. And the hope is I'm in better shape than that at some point down the road in the relatively near future, guys. It's a great, great program. It has worked for me. I would encourage you guys to give it a shot yourself. It's more importantly, not just about losing the weight. It's about being metabolically healthy, making sure you guys are in the best shape physically, metabolically. That's what I love about this. It's a lifestyle. They want you guys to be as healthy as you ever have been. So go to InsulinIQ.com elevate. Learn more about it. You also can get a free consultation with Rich and his team. There is no obligation beyond that initial consultation. If you are local and want to go check out their facility, it's in Orem, 147 West, 400 North in Orem. Been there for 25 years. Or you can do the consultation, that initial consultation with Rich and his team online from the safety and comfort of your own home, guys. The best part about this, you may even run into some BYU athletes who work out at Elevate Fitness. I'm just saying, I've seen them. I've seen them with my own eyes. You may check that out if it's something you are interested in. So once again, a free no-obligation consultation with Rich and his team to learn more about it. Go to InsulinIQ.com Elevate to learn more. That's InsulinIQ.com Elevate. That's Elevate Fitness, a proud partner with us here on Locked on Cougars. All right, we got a lot to cover before we wrap up today's show, but stick with us. Let's start off with women's soccer. A tough loss last night for BYU and SEC country, going 0-2, by the way, against Southeastern Conference schools. They fell to Arkansas in Arkansas Razorback country, 2 to nothing. Anna Podigil, hope I pronounced her name correctly, had the brace to lead the Razorbacks to the 2-0 win over the BYU Women's Soccer Program. That drops Jennifer Rockwood's squad to 2-2 and on the year. Tough loss. I thought BYU was going to go down there and beat the Razorbacks because Arkansas was 0-2 to start the year, but nonetheless... Tough loss for BYU. They'll try and regroup. They host Marquette Thursday night at Southfield as they try and rebound from that loss. Some good news, though, for the women's soccer program it included that Brecken Mozingo, a sophomore forward for BYU, was named the WCC Sports Offensive Player of the Week, while WCC Defensive Player of the Week went to Cassidy Smith, BYU Senior Goalkeeper. So they swept the awards this week. Congratulations to both of them on their efforts for BYU over the past week. But tough loss nonetheless last night also BYU losing another stud in their athletic department and that is that BYU will lose Craig Manning who has been spending the last 10 years as the mental strength coach for BYU athletics he's leaving his position in Provo to work with the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks as their health and performance director he's been working part-time with the Bucks for the past four and a half years he also works with the U.S. ski and U.S. snowboarding teams Red Bull High Performance, and a number of other corporate organizations around the world. Well, Milwaukee's gain is BYU's loss. And I can tell you this much, my interactions, albeit brief with Dr. Manning, have been stellar. And I know there are thousands of BYU student-athletes who can attest to what he has done for them individually. And uh, Congratulations, Doctor, first off on the new promotion to work with the Bucks, but obviously... We'll be missing you around BYU. Final note is BYU announced their team captains and leadership council for the upcoming season. Their team captains will be Keenan Peely, Jaron Hall, Peyton Wilgar, and James Empey. Not really all that surprising, in my opinion. Those are the four team captains for BYU. They have selected 12 other what they call co-captains who will be part of the leadership council for BYU. You can call them co-captains. I just call them leadership council. Those players include Gunnar Romney, Neil Pau, Tyler Algier, and Lopini Katoa from BYU's offense. On the defensive side of the ball, Uriah Leotawa, Tyler Batty, Lorenzo Fawatea, and D'Angelo Mandel. And the co-captains from the special teams are kicker Jake Oldroyd and punter Ryan Rico. So congratulations to all 14 players, and I think all 14 very deserving of their positions on the Leadership Council. And in the case of Keenan Peely, Jaron Hall, Peyton Wilgar, and James Empey, well, they are the brain trust that will go out there for the midfield coin toss and all that stuff, be the true leaders on the field as captains of this BYU football program. All right, finally, before we go on today's show, I want to let you guys hear part of a conversation I recorded with Mike Luke. He hosts Locked On Wildcats, also works for 1290 AM down there in Tucson covering the Arizona Wildcats. He is the uh, pre-half and post-game show for Arizona athletics in terms of football and basketball hosting their pre-, half- and post-game shows on the radio. Had a great chat with him. We'll get to part two of this tomorrow. Where we dig more into the player personnel side of things for Arizona. But here you go, part one of my conversation with Mike Luke, host of Locked On Wildcats. So let's start here. Uh, how excited are you to have uh, the season here, plain and simple?
1: Um, you know, it, it's weird because obviously when you've got a team that's dealing with a 12-game losing streak, um, you don't expect a ton, but it's nice at least in Arizona right now because you at least have a coach and again this is kind of this will sound terrible but this is kinda of where we are. You have a coach that at least cares. He's recruiting well, he's doing all the right stuff around the city. Um he's staying and doing all the right things, which is a big contrast to where we were the past couple of years with Kevin Sumlin. So I'm excited. I don't expect a ton out of this team this year, but I am excited there just to see hopeful improvement and see the program continue to mature in the right direction. Hey,
0: by the way, I wanted to ask you about Jed Fish a little bit. I think he was a fairly controversial hire, at least just from the outsider observer. I, I, I'm in Utah, obviously. How have the fans received him?
1: You know, when, when Jed Fish was first hired, everybody was kind of like, huh? I mean, it was met with uh, a lot of rolling eyes and a lot of head scratching. And, again, we don't know if he can coach or not, but what he has done is he's brought in a great staff. I mean, you've got the ex-Don Brown, Michigan, old Michigan defensive coordinator. Uh, you got bring in Pete Carroll's son, Brennan Carroll, offensive coordinator. You've got a lot of guys on both sides of the ball that are really well-known around college football. And Fish is a very... Fish is a very uh, optimistic, energetic guy. Um, again, it remains to be seen if he can coach or not. But when you look at how the players have developed and matured physically, at least, he at least shows that he's you know he's got a template in place that just remains to be seen how they're going to look on the field.
0: He is a guy, and uh, this, pardon me just for asking about this, he seems like a very eccentric individual and, and really has a lot of energy to him. And it seems like in that instance alone that can help this program because as you mentioned the the care factor uh, that that has been lacking it seems like or at least for the past two coaching hires they've had
1: oh yeah no doubt and you know that's a big part of it because arizona isn't a easy place to win um over the last there's only five schools in power five football that have had one or less uh, uh seasons finishing in the top 25 in the last uh since 2000 and Well, Arizona's one of those schools. So it's not a school that's got a lot of built-in advantages. It's also not a school like a BYU or even maybe a Utah that's got kind of a style of play and MO that fans are familiar with. It basically is kind of a... It's a, it's a school that just is kind of void of reputation and, you know, the desert swarm of the 1990s. Nobody really remembers. So it's basically something where you've got to go in there and you've got to build your own legacy, which I think for a coach can be kind of exciting. Um, he's right, right now, I think what's really exciting people is he's brought in, so far, he's bringing in a nice recruiting class next year. That won't help this year, obviously, but... You're looking at a class that could be in the top 25, and in Arizona, that's next to unheard of. That just doesn't happen there, Jake.
0: Uh, it seems like the history is such and the funny thing about this uh, there's some very old school BYU fans I've actually I've got one of them in my family who remember when Arizona and BYU were in the whack together you gotta go back many many years for that but uh, he said that he always looked forward back in those days for these battles against both Arizona and Arizona State just because it it was just it was a fun rivalry going back and forth and since Arizona has gone to the Pac-12 there's that, that famous stat they've not been to the Rose Bowl how do they fit in the pack? Are are they content where they sit currently?
1: Oh, I, I think it's impossible to be content because right now, I mean, you know, if we're being honest. This is the worst program in the conference. There's there's just no way around it. Um, now, there isn't really any reason, in my opinion, that you should be worse than a place like Oregon State or this will be. This will sound weird because they've had a lot of success, Washington State, but. You know, to me, this is a school that it, it they shouldn't have top 25 expectations. But this is a school that I think that you should be able to win seven games pretty consistently at if you are a good coach. Um, you know, Rich Rod got him to the Fiesta Bowl back in 2014, and he just wasn't able to build on it. So, I mean, you can have success here. I think that just the problem, though, is it's never been able to be sustained, and this is a basketball town. And so if you don't give them something to watch and you just tell them we're going to be good, fans are not going to show up until you actually give them a reason. And I think that's why, you know, at the end of last or obviously there weren't fans last year, but if there were, you were probably looking at 25,000 showing up, Max.
0: Uh, it seems it seems to be that case. And this is an interesting game upcoming. What uh, Obviously, Arizona has had a nice little series here with BYU. They played every other year since Kalani Satake took over as head coach in Provo. What is the perception of the Cougars from the Arizona perspective?
1: Um, just that they're going to be, i and this is just my opinion, but I think I speak for a lot of people. I expect BYU to be far too physical in this game. Um, I know you lost. Excuse me. I know you lost your quarterback, um, but to me, BYU is almost at a point now where it's kind of a self-sustaining program. Where yes, you're going to lose some guys, but you know what? We're going to have three, four guys in the wings on the offensive and defensive lines that are going to be able to, you know, really help out there. And that's where I think Arizona is just going to really struggle because I just don't think they have the horses up front to be able to deal with some of the physicality that uh, BYU should be able to bring.
0: Uh, kind of related to that do arizona fans enjoy playing byu overall
1: yeah i think so i think so byu uh, arizona is a school that you don't not a lot of not a lot of you know good football programs really look to schedule arizona and because there's really no reason for it because it's not like a win against arizona really brings any gravitas but at the same time You know, and if you lose, then people are saying, what the heck? You just lost to Arizona. So, anytime you can get a school like BYU that, you know, if they're not a top 25 program, they're certainly in that 25 to 35 range. I think, you know, that's uh, that's certainly something that fans like seeing because it at least gives you a way to be able to test your medal as opposed to just playing, you know, NAU and, you know, Stephen F. Austin, where you smoke both those teams. And then the first time you play a good team, you end up losing by 35 points.
0: There you go. Part one with Mike Luke, host of Locked On Wildcats. More of the 30,000 foot view of what's going on at Arizona as Jed Fish takes over trying to rebuild the Wildcats. Tomorrow's podcast, will get more into the details, the player personnel, what to expect from the two quarterback system for Arizona. Who are their other standout players giving you a lay of the land, a crossover, if you will, with Locked On Wildcats right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Make sure to follow the show on social media if you don't mind. Locked on Cougars, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can search us out there. My personal Twitter feed, if you'd like my thoughts on all things sports, I am at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, questions, concerns, advertising inquiries, whatever you got for us, you can email them in anytime locked on BYU at gmail.com is the email address to reach out to us that way all right that's going to do it a big thank you once again for your support on this extended edition of the podcast nonetheless hope you guys are having a great day whenever you hear it this has been the locked on cougars podcast for august 31st 2021 and we will talk to you guys tomorrow in september see ya.